Hello, and welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. The podcast is about entrepreneurship and tips for staying highly motivated to make a positive change in your life. Keep listening and follow the podcast to stay connected with the community at michaelcrane.live. So get comfy and enjoy today's conversation. And welcome to the michaelcrane.live podcast. Today's podcast is going to be about what it's like to start your very own business from the ground up, but with one unique difference. I guess most of our listeners have heard the word franchise, where you buy into a franchise. And the most successful franchise that one may know is the McDonald's franchise. There is another way to a franchise. And the reason why I don't like franchises is because with a franchise, you have to pay one large upfront payment to buy into that franchise. And the reason why I don't like it is because if you like it or not, you're lumbered with it because you've paid one large upfront fee to buy into that business. But on today's podcast, I have with me Gareth, who started a different type of franchise, which is a distributor franchise. It's a Team Easy Crane distributor franchise. I want to invite Gareth to the show today to introduce himself and to tell us what and why he's began his Team Easy Crane distributor. So welcome, Gareth. Introduce yourself to our listeners today. Good afternoon, and thank you, Michael, for that introduction. Hello, my name is Gareth. The, an introduction to myself is I've worked for many companies since I was 18. I've worked for myself. I've also worked as an employee for other companies. And I've come to a time in my life where my family is more grown up. Um, my businesses have changed. The world of business that I worked in has changed. And the industries that I've worked in has changed. And I was coming to a crossroads of actually deciding what to do with the remaining years of being in business and the remaining years of my business and working life. And as you say, I think the franchise system with that massive upfront payment really is an issue for a lot of people. And then I read about the team Easy Crane distribution family. And I think that's my first starting point. So describe your uh, business life pre-pandemic. What did that exactly look like? Uh, My pre-life from the pandemic, I suppose, was many things looking back on it. First of all, one of them being time poor. Um, I do have a family, as I said, growing up, and I spent many hours of many months of many years working hard, working successful, but the home life balance wasn't there. And I think... There were some weeks when I didn't see enough of my home life. And I look back on that with a certain regret and a certain, I suppose, sadness. Um, Being successful and the money came, but the actual time management, I think, is the main thing that was poor. Um, I was extremely busy, busy working at a business, not for the business and I didn't have time to step back and actually consider all the options that were available to me. 
You mentioned sadness. I guess you're meaning sadness of not seeing your family grow up. I think that's true in a lot of regard. Yes, I think you set out in business, and I've I've worked from an early age. I started work when I was fifteen, like a lot of people probably back in those eras, and I worked what I considered hard, and I believed hard work meant long work, which equals success. And I think, as you've just said, the pandemic came along and slapped a brick wall in the middle of everything and made people consider what the future could bring to us all. If you could roll back the years and go back to when you was a 15-year-old leaving school and starting your new job, your first job, what would you do different, differently now? I think I would look at the types of industry that I've worked in since I was 15. I would think I would look at actually career paths a lot more and also actually see what is personally, <laughs> excuse me, available, even just for working for myself. And perhaps I should have done that a long time ago, a lot sooner than I have done. And what was your biggest lesson to date in business? My biggest lesson to date in business, I said, oh, there's lots of lessons that you learn. I think I, I'm still going to go with um, don't take advice from someone you wouldn't take criticism. And I think... Yeah, that's my motto, but I think the actual um, biggest lesson would be is time management. I'm going to keep going back to the time management factor. Working hard is not working smart with long hours. I want to work smart with less hours and then actually use technology available to me to achieve that. And if you're working smart with less hours, it gives you more hours to do the things that are really important to you in life, right? hundred uh, percent certain. Hundred percent certain. My daughter doesn't live in Manchester. Uh, my daughter doesn't live in London anymore. She lives up in Manchester. I want to travel up there much further, and then take her across the country, go and see places, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And family life is important. Um, also, for your own personal benefits, your social activities, your health, and everything else. And I think my health suffered definitely for about ten years from just doing long, long hours. Yeah, like many of our listeners, I think a lot of people want to get into business and what they end up doing is working in the business rather than on their business. And therefore, if they're working in the business, they're doing many, many long hours, like you mentioned, Gareth, there. But tell me, over the years, everyone has to have a mentor, in my opinion, a coach, a mentor, a guru, someone to go to to ask for advice. Along the many years that you've been in business, who was that person? And what one bit of advice did they give you? I think you take many pieces of advice from many different people. The problem is that no one has a one-stop shop for everything. You meet great accountants on your journey who can make you money, and they will make you money in a certain way and make you money smart or make you business smart. But they don't actually help with the whole business. You meet other people that are in operations and they create your processes and their streamlines and they are brilliant in what they do, but they're not necessarily salespeople. And I don't think I've ever met one person that ever did it all. And that I think is possibly some of the issue. I think that going back to the time management thing again, it's meeting these business people, which are SME entrepreneurs that allow you to get business advice. So I don't think I've had one person ever in my life that's given me all of it. I can say that I've met six or seven people that have given me sectors of what was success. But that doesn't mean because they're successful in accounts, they're going to be as successful in sales. I couldn't agree more. So tell me, what's your definition? What's your theory? What's your thought about 
a franchise because a lot of people have many, many different ideas about what a franchise is. What's your definition of a franchise? I think my definition of a franchise, I think, as you said, they say what the biggest McDonald's is the biggest franchise system in the world, but they're also the biggest real estate agent in the world. So they're more than just one thing. But when I think of a McDonald's franchise, they're going to say to me, you need 100,000 to open up a new McDonald's in London. 100,000 up front, and then there's payments on top, and then they're also going to take a percentage of your profits if you're successful. And suddenly you're just burdened with so much finance at the start, it's just overwhelming. And I think that that puts a lot of people off the franchise system. I think once you're in the franchise system, obviously it gets easier, but not a lot of people have up to say a quarter million pound cash sitting there that they wish to put into someone else's business as a franchise. I did read uh, recently, Gareth, that you need two franchises at least to become a millionaire. And as I said at the outset, it all sounds great putting in a hundred grand to build a business that is already in in place and, and making money. But what happens when you fall out of love with that business, you put your money in and if you're not going to get your money back out, that must create some real kind of and sleepless nights about was this right for me at the time. So what made you join the team Easy Crane distributor business? And how does the distributor business, in your opinion, differ from that of a franchise? Well, as I said to you, I've been in business for over 30 years. And obviously, during that time, I've had suppliers. And in each of the industries I've worked in, some suppliers cross over them all. Some suppliers are very niche, and I've used them on a continuation basis. So going back to what I'm going to term office supplies, I had obviously used Easy Crane as a supplier, and I'd purchased many items through um, Easy Crane, office furniture, catering supplies, teas, coffees, et cetera, et cetera, of course, paper. And I'd because they were always running out, I'd always have to purchase them again and again on a regular basis. And then I purchased them again. And then I'd move into a different industry, different company. And then I remember, oh, I'd need to purchase these again and again. And then from that, obviously, you do your research on the companies that you actually use as a supplier. And you see that, obviously, Easy Crane, Team Easy Crane. And then I stumbled by looking at their website and looking at the literature that was available to me on your um, distribution program. And then you start reading into it. And then I'm going to go back again to the time management thing. And one of the key things that you say, and you stated quite early on, which I looked at, and then it piques your interest, and then you follow it through, is the time management. You have put in there what I can gain back as time management. And that was the spark for me. That was the point where, obviously, reading through the program, time management was number one on me. It wasn't making money. It was sorting out because everything will follow in an order. So how do you think that process creates time management for me is a question back to you, I feel, because that's the important one. Everybody who comes into this distributed list will be coming from a slightly different angle. Mine was time management. What's your answer to that? Well, it's an interesting one, actually. I think any business that you get involved with, 
you must have a very efficient processes and efficient processes take typically quite a long time to implement and make sure that they're running. And one thing is for sure that if you get it wrong, call it a mistake, but I don't think there's any mistakes in business. They're just lessons. And what you need to do is learn from the lessons. So once you've decided what you want to do and you know that the processes are efficient and robust and have stayed the test of time, you need to ensure that the technology is up to the to the task in hand. And the task in hand is to ensure that it does what it does, says on the tin and it makes the process and the processes around the business efficient. And once you get the technology right and in place, the technology should take the time or give you the time back to do the things that you really want to be doing in your life. And like all things, business in particular takes time to build, takes time to go and get those uh, clients to sell the products and to make profit because that's what business is about. And once you're making profit and you've got efficient processes in place, that I think gives you the time back. I definitely agree with that because I think the time management can only come if you have got processes in place. And I've been in many companies where I've set up the processes, I followed through the processes and I've seen them up and running and that takes up a hell of amount of time and to get them and to get everybody to buy into that system is really difficult at the start. And once it's up and running and works, then you come onto your site and you've done all that. And for someone like me, who's done all the various parts of a company role to come along and find someone who's got all the processes in place and then actually shows you that they're, they're working, you're a successful, the um, distributor is a success, then it's just like, there's a light bulb moment. So not only do I have the time management now because I haven't got to set up the processes and the processes are in place, you join up, and suddenly, wow, I've got a business that is up and running and it is day one. It's just, it, it, it's that's why it interests you and that's what interested me in coming on as a distributor. One of the hot topics in the recent years have been drop shipping. And I know the alternative to drop shipping is do it yourself. You pick, pack, load the box up, put it on a van and go and deliver it to your client. Now that takes time. So what made you choose a drop shipping type business? I can personally freak from experience of getting up at when it's dark, filling up a vehicle full of produce, filling up a vehicle full of product, filling up a vehicle even of services, taking them out, spending the whole day delivering, 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 delivering. And then the following day that's got to repeat. But while you're out delivering all this, who is dealing with emails, sales inquiries, marketing calls, supplier chains, processes, time management, the whole thing, as well as client contact. So the only answer to that is you have to trust. And if you trust in the process, you can trust in your drop shipping. I don't have to then get up 
at 4.30 in the morning, I can actually get up and do what I need to do for the day, which is clients and sales. So to me, it's a no-brainer. The actual um, whole mechanism from A to Z for yourself, from yourself, sorry, for me, is just a win-win-win. So I'm all on board of dropshipping. I think also we have to take into account the sustainability factor, which isn't often said. We have too many vehicles driving around London, all individual companies that are dropping off one item here, one item there, one item there. The sustainability environment, uh, the environmental impact has to be taken into account now. And dropshipping companies where they can do multiple drops to multiple companies from organisations at the same time, that has got to be good. That has got to be better than thousands of vans going around doing one item. The biggest drop shipping company that most people would have heard about is Amazon, where you buy the product, put it into an Amazon warehouse, and they go and do your deliveries. And certainly they've got their logistics down to a fine T. What made Team Easycrane a better option than an Amazon delivery type business for you? Um, I think it's because it's the whole process. Uh, if you think of it from the customer journey, the first part is there is a need, there is a want, there is a requirement from the customer. The customer then is looking for that product. And with the amount of products available through the Team Easycrane system, the 20,000 plus various items that we can tell a customer about, they can purchase. That then goes into your process of the backend system, the payment structure, the order taking, the order delivery. That's all seamless. And therefore, then it comes into the drop shipping arm and the delivery. The Amazon, as you say, is a successful model. It's like saying McDonald's is a successful model. But is it for every customer? No. And I think that that's what got to be taken into account. There's also a personal service angle to this. I may not be taking physically the product to the client, but what I'm actually doing is servicing that product to the client through the dropshipping company. It's a success because of the amount of customers that are buying products and they are repeat, repeat, repeat. And then when they are actually your best form of sales because they're referring you on. So tell me about your journey so far. How have you found it? Um, I will say like any person, and I think, I suppose when you're young, you're keen, you're eager, you will try everything, you try anything, and then it's down to finance that stops you. You then have a career and you earn some money, et cetera, et cetera, and then you come to your later part of your career, for instance, and then it's like you've got to be a bit more, you're a bit more careful. Um, I've got to say from the start, I am Denard. Wasn't sure, was this the right way forward? I knew that your whole system worked, the Team Easy Crane, et cetera. But the way that I think, as you say, how did I find it? When I weighed up the pros, I wrote that down. I then signed up. That's your first part. Show your interest. Go onto the website saying, contact us. I filled that in. I then spoke to the team with you. And then I think with your quick start get, uh, guide, which you followed, it's such a win process. You do make it quite simple for someone to actually go, all right, actually, I can do this. Oh, yes, I can do that as well. Oh, I don't need to do those parts because you've done them for me. So the parts where I was amming and ahhing were, actually, 
I should never have Amanard in the first place. I should have just joined the distributor list a lot earlier. That's my one regret, I suppose. And then as you said about, and we have to talk about it, and I think it's important that there's a cost element, but the cost element isn't the fact that it's going to break me. I knew that I could take calculated risks that were going to work and then that I could still survive financially, pay the bills, et cetera, which are important day-to-day items. So all in all, I should have started earlier, but as you said, the pandemic and the break after that, actually it was in the right, you have to be in the right place at the right time, but the best thing to do is to fill in that email. That was the best part, right? In those three lines, that's what I enjoyed now. I look back and laugh at myself. And that brings our very first podcast together to an end, Gareth. Thank you so much for your time. And I look forward to the podcast next month, month two, about how your journey is going. And I just want to remind our listeners, it is a journey to a well-defined destination. But the key here is you have to start and you have to start somewhere. And let me just advise you, take that next step. And the one after that, that's the only way you get to a well-defined place. So thank you, Gareth. See you next month. Thank you, Michael. I look forward to it. And I think next month is to actually give some very specific examples. So it just actually shows, as you say, where the journey's going. I look forward to it. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening and don't forget to hit the subscribe button.